It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome aboard and welcome to June. And I don't know about you, when I think of June, I think of several things when it comes to the outdoors. Number one, fishing. Number two, fishing. Number three, fishing. And oh yeah, a little bit of camping and hiking and outdoors cooking and some time at the range on the side. June is a great month to do all of this and I hope that you are going to do so. As a matter of fact, we're going to motivate you to do some things like this today when we visit with some great guests. We're going to tell you about some great destinations and some fun things to do. One of those guests is our friend Mike Whitlow with Anglers in International. He's been down in Mexico at Lake El Salto And I'll tell you what, the fishing is lights out down there right now. They are catching a ton of big largemouth bass out of Lake El Salto. And Mike will give you a detailed fishing report in just a few minutes. On the other end of the spectrum is Niagara Falls, a destination you probably don't think of when it comes to fishing, but it really is a great place to go for a variety of species. Not the falls itself, but the Niagara River and Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, which are all very close to Niagara Falls. Ken Perrott, the outdoors rambler, was there in May. He had a fantastic experience, and he's going to break down the different fishing he did and the different fisheries you can enjoy that cover a multitude of species. And, as you know, I'm a big fan of tournament bass fishing. Not particularly good at it myself, but I always strive to be, and I'm never going to make it on the Bassmaster circuit or the Major League Fishing circuit. I know that. But there's a whole bunch of good tournament circuits out there, and some of them offer some pretty good money. One of them is the Team Fishing Circuit. What I like about this one is that it's not just a bass fishing circuit, but it's also, in this case, a musky fishing circuit too. And we're going to get the man behind Team Fishing Circuit on the line. That would be Bob Masicomer. He's going to tell you about a musky classic coming up in Vermilion Lake in Minnesota in September where the top winner is going to take home $40,000. And he'll tell you about some bass tournaments October that also offer hefty payouts at Pickwick Lake in Mississippi along with a couple of lakes, very well-known lakes in Tennessee. Before we get into all of this, though, we unfortunately have to address the subject of poaching, something that, as you know, riles me up and... There's been one heck of a write-up indeed about a whole lot of poaching going on in one of our U.S. states. Our first guest today is Katie Hill. She is a staff writer for Outdoor Life. She just wrote an article about a series of poaching investigations taking place in Oregon. And you can best describe the situation as poachers gone wild. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, John. Let's start off with the biggest case. There's somebody who's in a whole lot of trouble and is not his first time in trouble either. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, Norman Paul Jones is a convicted felon. He charges from a couple of different counties in the northwestern part of the state. But yeah, he kind of came into this investigation with a pretty long rap sheet behind him. Why don't you detail exactly what he's being charged with? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So he racked up 38 charges of unlawful possession or take of big game, and then four charges of felon in possession of firearms. And these charges stem from two searches that police conducted, one of them back in June 
of 2022 turned up parts, uh, antlers, skulls, various body parts from 57 deer, two elk, and an owl, as well as two firearms. And then a second search in April of 2023 turned up another firearm that, once again, as a convicted felon, uh, Jones was not legal to possess. But he's been free this entire time. He's just now going to court to face trial, isn't he? He is, yeah. So he was actually supposed to stand trial on May 25th, but it looks like that date was canceled or something happened there. Uh, he's set to stand trial again on August 1st. But the June 23rd search that turned up those 60 animal parts and the two illegal firearms, it looks like charges were filed on that day, but he wasn't arraigned until April 7th after the second search of his property turned up the third illegal firearm. So kind of a long gap in activity there. And it's baffling to me that in this day and age of firearms are bad, we want to outlaw firearms, that here you have a convicted felon who's got three different firearms and hasn't faced a day of jail so far for it. Now, obviously, he's innocent until proven guilty, but, you know, it's pretty clear that he's not taking gun laws very seriously. So we'll see what happens to him. Hopefully the judge throws the book at him. When it comes to Oregon State, I'm not so positive that's going to happen, but I can remain hopeful. But that's not the only poaching case that's happened recently in Oregon. There's a couple of other ones, too. Yeah, a couple of kind of strange ones. Recently, we had a mother-son duo get caught for shooting two black bear cubs after trespassing on some private land near Silets, Oregon. That was back in October of 2022. So Gail Freer and Corey Loving Jr. were out. They saw a black bear cub rummaging in some bushes, and Freer encouraged Loving Jr. to shoot the cub, according to what Oregon police told the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. So Loving Jr. shot the cub, and then they left the scene. It seems like they were waiting for the cub to die before they were going to go back to collect the carcass. But when they went back to collect the carcass, they saw another bear cub rummaging kind of in the same area and sounds like maybe they assumed that the first cub hadn't died upon getting shot. So Loving Jr. shot this cub again, but when they approached the cub, they discovered that actually Loving Jr. had shot two cubs fatally. And so they left the scene and left the carcasses to waste, which also violates Oregon state law. So, yeah, kind of a, a crazy situation there, too. So they were convicted of this in October. Any idea what sentence they got? Freer was convicted of one misdemeanor poaching charge, and Loving Jr. was convicted of two of the same charges, and they were convicted in February of 2023. So they lost their hunting privileges through February of 2026, and they are on probation through February of 2028, and they are also both in the process of paying a $15,000 fine for poaching the black bear cubs and then wasting the carcasses. Well, I'm glad there's at least a fine attached, but I'll be honest, this is just my personal opinion. Until judges and prosecutors get serious and actually put some teeth behind charges and hold people accountable with jail time, you're just encouraging more of this to happen. And speaking of which, Eastern Oregon, we got a man who poached a bull elk and left it to waste because he feared wolves. Is that right? Yep, that is, uh, that's what he says, at least. Yeah, so that was kind of a, an interesting situation. So uh, Cody Merle shot a 5x6 bull elk in late September and then left the carcass to waste, again, in violation of Oregon law. And so he, uh, at first, it sounds like he didn't fess up to it in the beginning, but then eventually called 
Fish and Wildlife back and admitted to the crime. Oh, I'll tell you what, this is just frustrating. And uh, reading your article, which is at OutdoorLife.com, by the way, Central Oregon Daily News reports that in 2022, the Oregon State Police tracked 234 instances of poached big game. Those are just the ones that they know about. Is there any good news you can leave us with when it comes to poaching and poachers in Oregon? <laughs> well, I think uh, there's definitely some traction around reporting the you know wildlife injustices like this. The Oregon State Poachers Hotline has been a really useful tool for the state agency to catch a lot of those 234 known instances. And actually, the second grader named Wyatt Wismer from Bend, Oregon, was putting up signs around town, pointing people towards the poachers hotline to uh, turn in criminals. So kind of a cool little action around uh, catching illegal activity there. Well, I'll there. tell you what, Wyatt Wismer, if you or your parents are listening, golf clap for you, because that is fantastic. In the <laughs> Absolutely. Meantime, folks, if you see somebody engaged in illegal or fishing or hunting, Call your local state poaching hotline. Contact your local fish and wildlife agency. Report them. You remain anonymous, but if we don't catch them, we don't prosecute them, we don't hold them accountable, they're going to keep stealing this resource from you and I as hunters and anglers. We don't want that to happen. So, Katie, thank you for shining a light on this, and I can't wait to see what comes next from you on Outdoor Life magazine. Great. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. I'm Anthony Imperato, president of Henry Repeating Arms. Patriotic Americans are looking to protect and provide for their families, now more than ever. Henry has over 200 rifles and shotguns to choose from, made in America or not made at all, and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Go to HenryUSA.com and order our free catalog, decals, and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com. Thank you, and God bless America. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me.
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We are taking you south of the border to Lake El Salto and Anglers Inn International because the bass fishing down there has been in Fuego on fire, as they say. With us here to tell you more about it is the Western Regional Representative for Anglers Inn International, Mike Whitlow. Mike, great to have you back on the air. Hey, great to be here, John. So you just got back from Lake El Salto, and I understand it was just amazing. El Salto is on fire. After uh, last year, we had had some really high waters. The bait fish population exploded, the tilapia, the shad. These fish have fattened up, and man, are they on the chew. I just returned uh, from the first week of May. I had a group of 21. I had eight couples on the trip. So we had eight ladies and a 13-year-old son. And man, did we catch some fish. In four and a half days, a little over 3,700 bass in the boat. That's on fire. That is absolutely in Fuego. That's amazing. You know, when I went down with you last May, we had a, a great time, but the numbers were nothing like that. I remember, you know, if you caught two dozen fish a day, it was a really good day. But I do remember the fish were really nice size in our party. I think there was like 10 people who caught over 10 pounders. Are you still getting those grandes? We are still getting lots of fish. The, the majority of these fish, keep in mind, I had a lot of novice anglers and, and quite a few first-timers that had never really bass fished before. But the fish in the, the three, four, five, and six-pound range was just off the charts. We had lots of seven-pluses, a lot of eights, quite a few nines, and we did have one over ten this year. But there was a lot of bigger fish hooked and lost, John. Oh, what an amazing time. And what were the hot lures this year? Uh, same as always, uh, throwing crankbaits, the Berkeley dredgers, uh, the spinnerbait bite was on fire. Of course, the old reliable Cinco, Texas rig, wacky rig in the mornings, and then, then the swim bait. The swim bait is probably one of the best baits, the 4.8 hollow bodies and uh, regular Kitex style swim baits. But man, they were catching fish this trip. Sounds like an incredible time. And folks, uh, this is an incredible place. Mike was kind enough to host me, and it's uh, a memory I'm never going to forget because I definitely got my personal best and just had a fantastic time fishing this really remote reservoir that is just full of wildlife and definitely full of largemouth bass. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell our listeners who haven't heard before exactly how the drill works. So we'll start off at the airport and go from there. Well, we will pick you up in our Anglers in uh, private vans. We'll whisk you off up to the lodge. It's about an hour and a half drive up into the Sierra Madre Mountains, uh, northeast of Mazatlan, where you fly into. We will greet you at the lodge with frozen cold margaritas. We'll get you settled into your lodging right there on the lake and get you all set up to get out fishing. Your first evening, usually you just relax. We'll have a nice dinner, cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and then the next morning, it starts. We'll wake you up at 5 in the morning, bring you coffee and juice or whatever you ordered, and we'll have a chef making you breakfast to order. We're on the water at daylight. We're going to go out and fish until about 11 o'clock. And then here's the cool thing, John. We're not out there daylight to dark. You don't have to be. You're catching so many fish. You're going to come in at 11, have lunch, and a siesta. That's the norm down there. Got two, two and a half hours to eat, relax, take a nap, and you get back out there, you know, fish the afternoon till dark, come in for drinks, hors d'oeuvres, and dinner, and do it all over again. It is a wonderful way to live, folks. And the, the hospitality down there is just amazing, as is the food. And the, the accommodation's very comfortable, too. So in addition to the stay at the lodge, I know a lot of folks will go ahead and do a little bit of extra and that would be at El Cid in Mazatlan. They might spend two or three nights before or after at the resort. Why don't you go ahead and explain how that works? 
Well, when you book with me to go down there, uh, especially on the couples trip, so a lot of folks on that very last day, they'll fish to 11, have lunch, pack, and just literally take your time. We'll get you to Mazatlan and then relax at a really beautiful resort right on the beach, all-inclusive. I get group rates, and uh, I take care of all that for you. So I make your trip real easy. But you can kick back for one night, then go to the airport the next day so you're not rushed to get home. Or you can spend three nights. I have some couples that will stay five to seven nights and just make it a really good vacation. The guys get their fishing in at the lake. Of course, a lot of the ladies are getting in on that now, loving the fishing. But then the ladies get their time on the beach. So it's just a relaxing vacation. I can do it all for you. And why don't you go ahead and explain the advantages of booking with you versus just booking on your own through the website? Well, you can call the website at anglersin.com. You can go on there and ask for Mike Whitlow, and they'll have me get in touch with you, and I'll, I'll take it from there. But I'll give you a personal service. I will make your trip real easy, you know, what to pack, how to pack, make sure you got your passports, how to pack your tackle and all that. But I'll make everything real easy. There's no questions, you know, when you're at the airport. You're already going to know what's going to happen, and I just make it seamless for you. And, folks, I've got to tell you from personal experience, Doing the trip through Mike versus on your own, there's a big difference. Again, Mike handles everything. He runs interference for you. Not that there's a whole lot of interference to run, but he also does offer some great advice. I'll give you an example here. Mike specifically told me, hey, pack some Berkeley Warpig lipless crankbaits. Make sure they're in this, you know, blue and white shad pattern. And, and I wailed on the bass down there. And then we had this group come in that was unaccompanied by any rep. And they really didn't have very much tackle at all that was going to be that useful compared to what we were using. And that is all because of your insider knowledge, because you're down there several times a year. Yeah, that's true, John. I've uh, been fishing the lake for over 26 years. And when you book with me, I will send you a a suggested detailed tackle list of what you need to bring. And And it depends upon the season, whether you're there in the fall, during the winter, or the spring or the summertime. It changes a little bit, but I'll send you a detailed list. You know, that way you're going to have the best fishing trip of your lifetime and the best experience. Well, I have to agree. It was definitely the best bass fishing trip of my lifetime. And folks, if, if bass fishing trips your trigger, especially south of the border, this is for you. Not only that, but you've got some late openings for July. Tell our listeners about this and what the price point is. Well, I do. I'm hosting a couple trips July 1st to July 6th, and it's five nights, four and a half days of fishing. The cost is twenty five twenty per person, and that's all-inclusive. You just got to pay your airfare to get to Mazatlan, and we'll pick you up and take it off from there. And then uh, I also have July 6th to the 11th. We have a few spots left on that big group trip. And both of them are fun groups. Got quite a few couples on each one. Got some kids going. But we'd love to have you join us. Just give me a call. You will have a great time. It really is all-inclusive. Again, just got to take care of your airfare, take care of gratuities for the hardworking guides and staff. But other than that, it's a worry-free, hassle-free vacation, especially booking with Mike. So go to anglersin.com. That's the website to go to, anglersin.com, and ask to book a trip with Mike Whitlow to Lake El Salto in July. Or if you can't make it in July, there's other times, too, he'll take you. But get in on this hot, hot fishing south of the border while it remains in Fuego. Mike, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. You bet. Thanks for having me. Planning a day at the range or plinking targets with your friends? Or 
Maybe you're looking to do some small game hunting with a rimfire rifle. Either way, they're going to be impressed when you show up with a Henry Golden Boy lever action rifle. This beauty has a brass light finish, a wooden stock and grip, and a blue 20-inch octagon barrel that makes this rifle handle great, and it is accurate too, especially for offhand shooting. Want to up your Golden Boy rifle game? You can order a deluxe engraved edition or one with a personalized inscription. Like every rifle manufactured by Henry Repeating Arms, this has a lifetime guarantee. Find out more about the world-famous Golden Boy Rifle and order a free catalog, too, at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com for Henry Repeating Arms, made in America and a proud sponsor of America Outdoors Radio. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska is booked for the season, which means now is the time to book for next year. And you'll want to do so soon because at the end of a typical summer, the lodge is over 80% booked. The reasons? The great fishing, the wonderful location, the comfortable accommodations, the fantastic food, and the over-the-top customer service. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book today at alaskasbestlodge.com. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. Our next stop is the border of New York and Canada. Niagara Falls, to be exact, a place that you probably associate with honeymoons and maybe people in barrels trying to survive a drop over the falls. But there's some very good fishing to be had around here, too. One person who experienced that last month is Ken Parrott. He is the Outdoors Rambler. He's got a great website and a blog about the whole experience. You can find it at OutdoorsRambler.com. Ken, welcome back to the show. Thanks, John. Good to be here. So Niagara Falls, all sorts of different fisheries in a very small area. Give our listeners a little bit of an overview. Yeah, I was blown away when I got there because, like you, uh, I knew Niagara Falls mainly as a place where, you know, you went on your honeymoon, and it certainly is scenic. It's beautiful. I was able to take in the last day and and visit the falls. Incredibly magnificent. But, uh, yeah, you have great fishing there on the lower Niagara River, and then in 30 minutes in either direction, Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, for a wide variety of game species. It's just incredible. Well, let's go ahead and break down these fisheries one by one. I guess we'll start off on the Niagara River. You started off at a place called Devil's Hole. What were you fishing for there? Well, we were fishing with Ernie Calandrelli. Ernie's a a local guy, a great outdoorsman, big turkey hunter. And we were hoping Steelhead would be home. Devil's Hole is the place where the river really necks down and you've got big hydroelectric 
power plants on each side, one for Canada, one for the U.S. They're almost facing off with each other. And the amount of turbulence and just water and whirlpools swirling around there, it's a bit scary, actually, the first time you're in there. But then uh, there's an eddy to the right on the American side, and you can set up a drift that uh, goes for several hundred yards. And if the steelhead are home, typically they're going to whack that lure pretty quickly. Unfortunately for us, we made about six drifts and didn't catch any steelhead. But other folks who were with our group who went there in subsequent days, they were able to catch the steelheads in there. All right. Well, let's head a little bit lower on the river and go to Niagara Bar where it empties out in Lake Ontario. What were you fishing for there? Yeah, Niagara Bar, and it really, the, the rest of the lower Niagara is awesome smallmouth action, some walleye action. We caught a bunch of smallmouth on various sections of the lower river using uh, hefty jigs and uh, supersized tube lures. But then at Niagara Bar, it's where the river dumps into Lake Ontario, and the current's moving really rapidly. Right at the mouth, it, it starts out deep, and then you set up a drift. And it's a drift that we were, I believe we were using a trolling motor to kind of keep us on the American side. And you basically just got a three-way swivel and you're, you're dragging a lure like a, a lure Jensen or something like that. And you watch the depth finder on, on your graph and, and you see the water coming up as you approach the bar. You know, it, it gets fairly shallow quite quickly from like 50, 60 feet to 25 feet. And I tell you, almost every time we got to about 25 feet, the rods started bouncing with, with a bite. And you'd pick up anything from lake trout to uh, king salmon to coho to um, steelhead are in there sometimes and you can catch the occasional smallmouth bass it's really exciting fishing and there was quite a few boats out there early may is a great time to fish the bar but man it, it was incredible action Oh, my goodness. We haven't hit the lakes yet, and I already want to go fishing. Yeah, just yeah. River. All right, so let's venture out into Lake Ontario itself. Now, when I think of Lake Ontario, I usually think of great smallmouth bass fishing, but you were after something else entirely. Right. We were fishing deep water. I was actually fishing with a walleye guy who's, whose home water is really Lake Erie. But we were uh, targeting salmon, specifically king salmon, and we were also picking up lake trout. We were fishing in deep water ranging from 65 feet to up to 200 feet. It's pretty technical fishing, you know, with the downriggers and using the dipsy divers that get your, your bait down to where the fish are. We had incredible Garmin graphs on the boat that you could monitor what's going on with the, with the bait on the downrigger and you, you see lake trout rise up off the bottom, eyeball your bait, and if they liked it, they took it. And if they didn't, you could actually see the fish descend back down into the mud. It was, it was really cool. It was my first time fishing for king salmon, and I really didn't know what to expect, and I had no idea how exciting and, and violent those fish could be when they got on the hook. I mean... You know, I wasn't expecting the, the fish to, to run right at the boat. I mean, you got to crank like a maniac right. to keep the line tight. And then they pretty much, if they're big enough, they're going to have their way with you at the back of the boat. I found out uh, <laughs> we lost a pretty nice one when it cut left into the, um, the lines we had out there. And then it, like, turned on a dime and went back in and cut itself off on the motor. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it was a bummer. I was fishing with Mitch Petrie. He was there. Mitch is with the Outdoors Channel. And we were fishing with um, Randy Jaroszewski. R Randy, like I said, is a walleye guy. But he he had finished really well in a salmon tournament the weekend before. But, yeah, I was just incredibly impressed with the king salmon. And, the, you know, the way they fight versus a lake trout with just the constant head shakes and tugging is just markedly different. That's it was a really cool experience. You're right about that. What was the range of size of the kings you were catching? 
the kings were were probably I think the smallest was around nine or ten pounds. The biggest was around eighteen. Of course, the one I lost we're going to say was twenty to twenty five. I'll, I'll give you 30. Uh, after all you lost it. Nobody's give me thirty. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Some of my curmudgeon lake great lakes friends I say every every salmon you lose is over twenty pounds. <laughs> All right, next stop on this trip is Lake Erie. Now, Lake Erie, deservedly so, has the reputation of probably being the best walleye fishing in North America right now. Is that what you're after? We were not really targeting walleye. Walleye were in and abundant, and we probably could have loaded up a little limit of them if we were after them. I've had great fishing trips to Erie for walleye in the past, but no, we were really after some trying to get into some of these Lake Erie lunker smallmouth bass. I was fishing with Mark Davis aboard his boat in uh, Kerr Hill, Kurtz with Power Pole. And, you know, Mark's done a little bit of fishing with his uh, show, Big Water Adventures. And he knew where the smallmouth were. We were, we were using Lou's custom light spinning gear. And we were throwing blade baits, like oh. silver buddies. And, and uh, they were kind of dressed up a little bit, heavy, hefty ones. And then uh, another lure, I think it was called a Binsky. And it had a bit of a holographic eye on it. It was another blade bait. And we would just cast those out about 40 feet of water. And you start retrieving them until you feel the vibration. And invariably, you know, a small mouth would wallop it. And sometimes we even just vertical jigged it. I, there were so many fish in the area we were. I'm guessing we caught, I don't know, 60 or 70 in a couple hours. <laughs> Wow. And it was the kind of thing we say, well, you know, let's go try somewhere else. It was the enviable problem of leaving an abundance of fish to go just get a change of scenery and try something different. It was really cool. Oh, sounds like a fantastic trip. We've only got about 30 seconds yeah, left. Yeah. But where would you recommend folks stay if they go? I would stay in Lewiston. Lewiston uh, is a town that's just north of Niagara Falls. We stayed at the Niagara Crossing and Spa Hotel right there on the river. It's got a great fish cleaning station below it. There's a boat landing right there. And like I said, you can access Lake Ontario 30 minutes away and uh, Lake Erie 30 minutes away. So you, you're right in ground central for some of the best fishing in North America as far as I'm concerned. Well, there you go, folks. Niagara Falls, it's not just for romantics. It's for anglers, too. And if you want to find out more about this trip, go to OutdoorsRambler.com. There's a, a great blog about the trip. There's also some YouTube videos to support it as well. The website, again, OutdoorsRambler.com. Ken, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure. What an incredible fishing trip. And I'm pretty sure that Ken and his friends took home a bunch of fish. And that means they needed some sharp fillet knives. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had some work sharp knife sharpeners in their boats or in their cars or at their homes to sharpen up those fillet knives both before they went fishing and while they were filleting those fish, especially if it was a whole bunch of fish. Sometimes you need to sharpen up that knife again when you're in the middle of filleting up a bunch of perch or crappie or walleye or trout. And the guided field sharpener is a great thing to have in the glove box of your boat or your car if you need to do just that. WorkSharp also has a number of other manual and electric knife sharpeners designed not just for pocket knives and fillet knives, but kitchen cutlery too. You can check out the entire lineup at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com. And you can also find WorkSharp products in quality sporting goods stores all over the country.
we've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer an affordable platform to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting host John Cruz through his website at AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. But hurry, if you wait too long, this big opportunity might just get away. That's AmericanOutdoorsRadio.com. Attention small business owners, this could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You could recover up to $26,000 per employee today. And all you have to do is make one short 10-minute call to take your business up a notch or bounce back from these difficult couple of years. Omega Accounting Solutions can help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute ERC consultation to determine if you qualify. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. They know their stuff so well that CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. Call 800-300-9ERC. That's 800-300-9ERC. 1-800-300-9ERC or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. Next up, if you follow tournament fishing, I'm sure you are aware of the big names when it comes to bass tournament fishing. That would be Major League Fishing and Bassmaster. But there's a lot of other tournament circuits out there that are very well run and offer some very good payouts. And there's also tournament circuits that happen to offer fishing for muskie and walleye too. Well, one of those tournament circuits is Team Fishing Circuit, and we've got the man behind it on the line. His name is Bob Macecomer. Bob, welcome to the show. 
Good morning, John. How you doing? I am doing well, and I'm very interested in the tournaments you are offering because you're offering a muskie tournament in Minnesota in September, and you're offering three bass tournaments in Tennessee in October, and we've got listeners in both states and surrounding states, too. So let's start off with the muskie classic that's going to take place in Minnesota. When and where is this going to happen? Yeah, the Muskie Classic is going to take place on Lake Vermilion up in northern Minnesota. The Muskie Classic is a returning event. I did the Classic years ago, 20 years ago. I pulled the Classic off with uh, a quarter of a million dollars in payback. So these anglers were exposed to something they've never seen before. Winners went away with about $87,000 for four days of work. So that's not a bad return. But the truth is, is it was a real huge undertaking, and I bowed away from it. And just through popular demand, we've been asked to bring it back year after year after year. People say, where's the classic? Where's the classic? Where's the classic? Well, we brought it back. So September 7th through the 10th this year, 2023, the Muskie Classic will take place on Vermilion. And it's an amazing fishery, absolutely amazing. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about this fishery and how good the muskie fishing can be there? Uh, it's probably one or two of the best muskie lakes in the state for fish well over 50 inches. And 50 inches is, by the way, a benchmark fish for people who fish that species. So the tournament itself is run on total inches. The anglers will be running on an app called Fish Donkey. So every fish is videoed. Every fish is caught, released on the spot that it was caught. We don't transport fish. In Minnesota, you have a 54-inch minimum, so it's almost impossible to transport a fish in the first place. But we don't by design. That being said, the anglers will come from multiple states and Canada to fish this event. And it's an amazing deal. They've got rock structures. They've got weed lines. It's basically a shield lake, but it's an impoundment in Minnesota. But it fishes like a shield lake. The far west end of the lake is very dark water, uh, tannic acid stain, if you will. Go all the way back down to the east end where it's gin clear. Oh, wow. The lake is about 30 miles long, so there's a lot of water to fish, and there's a huge transition. See, these anglers can spread out and find fish anywhere. And it is very limited. We don't design this tournament to be huge in any aspect. It's limited to the number of anglers. Only 70 boats can fish it. That's all. So here's a question for you. You are offering some really good payouts here, $40,000 in a trophy for the first place angler. And I'm assuming that you're doing this through a combination of sponsorships and through the entry fees, which is $2,000 per team? No, that's incorrect. The entry fee is $2,000 per team, but we are solely funding the event. We haven't really gone out and campaigned sponsors for this. It's so hard in today's world to get people to really support what you're doing. And when we first took a run at it and we talked to people, yeah, yeah, in this economy, you know, thinking COVID was right there on the doorstep. So, you know, now we're really not ready. We're really not interested, blah, blah, blah. And because it was the 20th year, we wanted to be there on the 20th anniversary of the first classic. We decided just to, we're going to foot the entire bill. So we use a lot of the technology that we use, use over in our bass circuits. So we don't have a lot of added costs involved in that. So it's an amazing deal. The anglers love it. Well, let's go ahead and transition here to your bass tournaments in October in Tennessee. So, excuse me, they're not all in Tennessee. One of them's at uh, Pickwick Lake in Mississippi. 
Uh, that's October Correct. 7th and the 8th. Then you've got good old Chickamauga in Tennessee. That's October 21st and the 22nd. And then Dale Hollow, Tennessee, the 28th and the 29th. What's the format for this? Is it, you know, your standard catch five fish and bring them back or weigh them in? Or is it similar to what you just described for the muskie tournament? No, it's incredibly close. We didn't invent the process. Major League Fishing did with their in-boat officials and being able to catch a number of fish and weigh them in the boats whenever. And they've evolved away from that. They've evolved to a tournament circuit where you fish, but you're only going to take five of your biggest fish. And we wanted to develop a tournament when we did this. You and I were on the radio on your show back in 21, right before our first tournament over on Watts Bar. Right. And it was an amazing event. So that being said... We wanted to give anglers an opportunity to be able to compete, not just know where five big fish are or where a school of big fish are, but compete. Compete by meaning that every fish in today's world, a pound and a half over, gets scored into your total weight. So it really opens up the playing field for people who think, ah, I can't fish against XYZ because he knows where all the big fish are. So it really does enhance the participation level. But the fishermen fish again on our Fish Donkey app. They're video and catching, releasing every fish on the spot that they're caught. We don't have to worry about slot limits. Early season doesn't bother us at all because if a big fish were caught, it's being released right back where it was caught. It can go right back to its bed or to wherever it was traveling to. It doesn't be transported up and down a lake. So everything that we put in place has been in place to enhance the fishery and enhance the angler's experience in a tournament. In our tournament, they're doing very well. We're pretty happy with you mentioned the Pickwick tournament. Pickwick is our return to Pickwick on October 7th and 8th will be our third tournament on Pickwick. Our very first tournament, like I was talking about, was over on Watts Bar, but then right after that, we went to to Pickwick, and uh, we're going to crown our third set of champions or maybe a returning champion on Pickwick in October. And over to Chick and the 21st and 22nd, Chickamauga is world-renowned for its big bass. There's potentially 10-pound-plus fish that can be caught during that event which has got a lot of people interested, the guides. And that's another thing, too. Our tournaments are not, we don't exclude anybody. We've had Buddy Gross fish. We've had John Murray fish. We've had a number of big names come in and fish. And, and it's interesting because these people come in with a lot to lose. If they don't win, as they're, you know, these guys are no good or whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is they're very stand-up sportsmen because John Murray didn't qualify out of Watts Bar to make the final Top Gun day. And I think Buddy Gross and his partner, Tim, took, uh, I think they took fourth or fifth in the event. So these guys are coming out of the woodwork to have fun with us, and they get to rub shoulders. The everyday common day angler gets to rub shoulders with these people. They don't have to stand behind a petition. They don't have to stand behind a fence-off area. They get to chat with them. So it's an interesting event for everybody to attend. I like some other things that you have about the format, too. Just like the Muskie Classic, the field is limited to 60 teams. The entry fee is much less. It's $550 per team. That includes big bass. And the payouts, well, first place is $8,000. Pays down to 11th place. And big bass top gun is $2,000. Big bass top gun, is that the biggest bass of the tournament? Yeah, the way our tournament is structured, it's their two-day events. So they qualify on day one. At the end of day one, 50% of the field that's entered 
We'll move on to day two, which is Top Gun. We pay big bass on day one, but it's only 500. Gotcha. When you get to Top Gun on the final day, if you make it to there and you catch big bass, it's 2,000. And it's an amazing event to sit there in our headquarters site. We've got a big 40-foot setup that we set up at the, at the tournaments, and we're inside the trailer, and we're watching these numbers change on these leaderboards. And another thing about it is, too, that the consumers, the fishermen who are fishing, their spouses and what have you can also watch the success or the progress on their apps on their phones. So we're sitting there watching fish. You know, they'll have 62 pounds, 62 pounds. And then the next team will be 62 pounds, 8 ounces. And it keeps moving. I mean, it's amazing to watch these guys get on these bite windows. It's crazy. Well, we are going to have to leave it at that because we are out of time. But, folks, if you are interested in participating in one of these events, whether it's the Muskie Classic at Vermilion Lake in Minnesota in September or one of the bass tournaments taking place in Tennessee or Mississippi, the website to go to is Team fishingcircuit.com that's teamfishingcircuit.com check these angler friendly tournaments out and register soon because they are going to fill up fast bob thanks so much for sharing this with us today on america outdoors radio john we appreciate the opportunity to thank you sir and you do a great job on the radio you're very kind as we wrap things up, I want to thank our guest today that gave us some great content, including Katie Hill talking about those poaching cases in the Beaver State of Oregon, Mike Whitlow, who has got some openings for Lake El Salto at Anglers Inn International if you want some grande bass, and Ken Perrott, who enlightened us about all the great fisheries available around Niagara Falls. If you didn't catch the whole show, you can always catch it as a podcast. We'll upload that in a few days. And you can find that podcast on all the regular platforms as well as our website at America Outdoors Radio and on our Facebook page, which is also America Outdoors Radio. If you're not liking and following that yet, please do so. We've got other information we post there too. And with that, it is time to go, but here's hoping you are blessed and healthy in the week ahead and that you get to spend some time in nature. After all, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. Enjoy it.